City Discount Tyres. Buy three, get one free on the popular Falcon Wild Peak AT3W All-Terrain Tyre. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Oh, it's been a rainy old night. Thought my house was going to take off with the wind. How was yours, Bryce? Was there a lot of, uh, did you hear all that weather? I actually had a, an unbelievable sleep last night, Tom. Oh, so you I busted. was out cold. Did not hear a thing. See, I, I was up from bloody 1am to 3am and I honestly thought our house was going to take off like the Wizard of Oz. So this is the most underprepared we have been for the entire year. It's going to be a loose one. So thanks for joining us for, for what will be an interesting journey this morning. Hey, uh, Pies get out of, well, not get out of jail, but they get the win in the end over the doggies last night. Uh, Richmond beat the Swans on Thursday night and the Aussies, are positioned, interestingly, in the Ashes. They lead by 142 runs. England all out for 240-odd. Uh, and uh, Travis Head and Mitch March are at the crease, 18 and 17 runs, <laughs> respectively. Say that fast five times. 18 and no, 17. Mi- Travis Head. Mish Marsh. Mish Marsh. Mish Marsh <laughs> is on 17 runs. <laughs> Oh, man, we are not off to a great start. <laughs> You're not off to a great start. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't lob you in with it. Bryce, you've been watching The Ashes the last couple of nights? I have, and that's probably why I had such a good sleep last night, Tom, because yeah. I've been watching over after over the first first two days because it's mm. been uh, an intriguing battle. It never fails to A lot of tension, amaze. a lot of... Uh, a lot of moments, yeah, and it's uh, just been well. That's what the ashes are about. Yeah, the banter, the the theatrical theatrics, theatrics. That's what that's I'm one. after. Um, yeah, all the all the bear stow stuff, the yeah. carry stuff, the Stokes, um, the Barmy Army. It's just it makes just, for great viewing. It, yeah, it it feels like it, it did put a bit of a rocket up England to um, have a, a more of a competitive edge since that bear stow issue. Um, I mean, they are the biggest hypocrites on the planet. <laughs> when it comes in, did you see all the stuff popping up on social media? Bearstow has done the exact same sort of stumping before. Um, Stuart Broad uh, hasn't walked when he's been clearly out. So, I mean, they are the biggest hypocrites on the planet. And then it's just spilled out to social media and yeah, Piers Morgan's tweeting every man and his dog in Australia trying to get him on his show and... Can't find anyone. It's, <laughs> it's, it's all uh, it's all happening. Actually, he tried to get Murph Hughes on during the week, and this is what Murph Hughes had to say. Hello, Pat. Hello, Pill. How are you? <laughs> G'day, Murphy. Um, good day. Yeah, life's pretty good. Life's, life's pretty good over here. When when you jump on on social media and see some more like um, Pierce uh, Morgan <laughs> having having a crack at you, um, ask, like I said, asked and answered privately. Um, so a producer of his show asked if I wanted to go on. Um, I declined respectfully and said, no, I don't want it. And he puts it to social media. So like I said, um, hashtag attention seeker, hashtag flog. Well, I stand by that. <laughs> uh, I'll move there. Um, yeah, they have been bitter. So bitter, in fact, that Victoria Bitter have spe- sent a special edition of warm beer over to the UK, uh, English Bitter, for the Poms to uh, get da- that down their chug. Um, it's been an event for a week. Bryce? <laughs> and there's still plenty more fireworks to Absolutely. come. And the game's actually in the balance. Well, it's on a precipice. So it's uh, it's going to make for good viewing again over the next couple of nights, Tom. Yeah. It's a shame Davey Warner really hasn't uh, stepped up 
throughout the series. It feels like this is really it for him. I'd love to see him just make some runs in the second innings just to, uh, well, actually, no, he's just batted in the second. <laughs> and he made one. Maybe runs at some point throughout the series because yeah. he's uh, he's pretty much done, I reckon. Yeah, time's ticking for Davey Warner. We know that. And, you know, just take him. Um Leaf out of Mish Marsh's. Mish, uh, Mishy book. Mish. He just come in off a, off a holiday. He was holidaying, I think, at the time when he got was the call he? up. I think so. In, uh, over in in the UK. And he just played freely, didn't he? Yeah. Off, made that 100 in the first innings. And, uh, yeah, Davey Warner can't find a run to save himself. You so. can tell when players aren't burdened by the past or the future. You know, you, get, you often get it when a young player comes into <clears throat> any sport. And they just play with this abandon like they don't know about consequences or they haven't been hurt by form or anything. And, and Mitch Marsh played like that. Yeah, he did. Uh, you know, the conditions suit him uh, as mm. well. Obviously playing uh, a lot for Perth, uh, fast wickets. Yeah. Um, he was just seeing the ball that well. Um, Woods ex- expressed pace coming. He was just picking him off, hitting him for six. It was, uh, it was good to watch a couple of nights ago, but... Uh, I'm looking forward to watching it again tonight and uh, hopefully the Aussies can, uh, or what are they, four for 116 at the moment. So hopefully they can put a few more runs on the board and uh, take... What what do you think's a pass mark to uh, set the English to chase? They they need to at least get to 300, don't they, to to make it a a realistic contest? History would say that over 300, um, final innings don't usually chase that down, which is... Surprising because you have teams making 300 in a 2020 game, but well, the, that's test cricket. Well, the two that are still in, in Head and, and Marsh, did the damage in you the mean first Mish? innings. Mish Marsh yeah. did the damage <laughs> in the first innings. So England will be stressing that if they don't get these boys out early mm. in uh, in the next session, they uh, they could be in trouble. Yep. A bit of batting to come with uh, Cummins is pretty handy and uh, Mitchell Stark as well. Pretty handy. So that's been an enthralling Ashes contest as we've watched the whole series. So we've got a day one wrap coming our way from Barat Sundarason and Adam Collins. And we're just going to be talking about the week that was. Uh, We've got a very special Victoria Bitter uh, Ashes creativity that I've pieced together, especially for you, Bryce. So you don't want to miss that. Um, We're going retro again. Gibber, we're talking to former Port Adelaide uh, hero Matthew Broadbent because it's they're taking on the Gold Coast this weekend and it's been since 2011 when Gold Coast, um, unfortunately for Port Adelaide, they recorded their first ever win and it was against the Power. Do you remember those days in 2011, Bryce? It was when the Tarps were were that, out. In full swing, the Tarps. In full swing, they? yeah. It was... What a what a time for Port Adelaide, where you you go to the ground and you couldn't sit in a bay in a whole bay because it was covered up in a, a Port Adelaide black tarp. Amazing stuff because how it's turned 180 degrees and Ken Hinckley probably had a lot to do with that. Almost everything to do with it. Yeah, well, I would have thought so. But uh, it'd be interesting to speak to Matty Broadbent, one of my good mates. Play with him at the Panthers. Obviously, played uh, many years against him. Uh, as well, mm. we'll, uh, we'll speak not only about that match, but uh, about Port Adelaide in that era yeah. uh, and uh, get his thoughts and, and hopefully some stories as well and uh, talk a bit of Panthers as well. Yep, um, nice. And he's uh, become a father this year as well to, to two oh. twins. So we'll see how uh, fatherhood's treating him. <laughs> 
See if he's uh, had any sleep whatsoever over the past several weeks. Last time Port Adelaide uh, played the Suns in China was in 2018. Wasn't that quite a, a venture to uh, go over to China and put on a show for them? Just didn't quite work out, did it? The, no. Taking the game to China. You know, kudos for taking a chance. I'm sure the revenue it made some form of revenue for them. But uh, Bryce, I was watching during the week Gary Ablett. Junior was talking about his epic battles that he used to have with Ryan Crowley as a tagger. And it got me thinking that the art of tagging has really fallen away in the modern game. You have more of a, a cooler, they would call it now. Cooler? A cooler. That's what Brendan Sanderson calls them. Just okay. a cooler, not a full-blown a sacrificial lamb where where sides will sacrifice a whole player's game for to knock somebody else out. So I want to dive into your mind and tell me, Bryce, to hear about some of the best uh, tagging stories, some of the best tagging dirtiest tactics. And uh, I think you were even uh, you even had a couple of tagging jobs yourself. I did. There was a, a couple of years, probably through the middle part of my career, where mm. rats used me as a tag. It wasn't a it wasn't an every week thing, but it was a, a specific matchup type. Mm. So uh, we can uh, talk about it a little bit more in uh, Tell Me Bryce. But yeah, the the sort of taller midfielders, yeah, Brendan Goddard's, Chad Corns, yeah. Adam Goods types, they were uh, my matchups for uh, probably two or three years when we, we played that team yeah. every time. Okay, I'll, I'll be interested to hear about that. Um, also, massive round of footy, of course, up ahead. We've got the Crows taking on Essendon uh, in what will be a season-shaping game for both sides. Basically, it's almost as simple as this, Bryce. The winner of this game is almost assured their spot in the eight. I'm going to go the other way, Tom. I'm going to say the loser of this game is guaranteed not to make finals. Okay. Well, so basically what I said, but flip. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, either roll with whatever one. Um, Bryce is playing opposites day today. Uh, but it is a, it's a huge game for Adelaide. And uh, they were apparently preparing in a non-conventional way. Uh, that Ben Keyes spoke about some sort of Arctic documentary they had to watch this week. Adelaide squad spent yesterday afternoon watching a documentary about Irish Antarctic explorer Ernest Shackleton. He led uh, multiple expeditions through the Antarctic and um, strongly focused on leadership and how he was able to keep his whole crew alive um, through absolutely trying circumstances. Again, that, that's got a bit of a Cobra versus Mongoose vibe about it. Yeah, that's just uh, another angle that coaches look to <laughs> you know, put across to their players to try yeah. and motivate them for... The weekend's game. Yeah. Capture a story for them to to follow on with. Uh, the Crows are outsiders for this, and I think that suits them. They When the pressure is on and the expectation to win, I've noticed a trend where Adelaide, uh, they don't play quite as well when they're not backs against the wall. Well, probably so. They should be underdogs in this game because they're mm. playing away from Adelaide Oval, Tom. And Correct. We know their struggles when they play interstate. So you can't trust them. Oh, really banged in I, my ear. I pressed that button about five minutes ago, Bryce. Bit of a delay on, uh, <laughs> on, the, on the system there. But until they can win a couple of games in the state, you just uh, you can't tip them, can you? Yeah. But this is uh, this is going to be a good game. We'll uh, we'll deep dive into it a little bit later. But 
should be a, a ripping game under the roof, fast track. Yeah, ping pong footy. Like, like we saw last night. But, yeah, big game for both both teams. Massive game. Plus all the latest sport from around the world, of course. So we'll have a deeper dive into the Ashes. Wimbledon, everything latest from Wimbledon and the Tour de France. Oh. We'll uh, be touching on that. Producer Jace is all over all of those things. But, Bryce, we've got to get to a break because we've got Tell Me Bryce coming up, and I'm interested to uh, pull apart your mind in regards to tagging battles, some of the great tagging battles we've seen. Let us know how you're feeling with your Saturday statement on 0427 154 or call us anytime on 1300 736 736. Bryce, we're also going to talk about it's winter, it's getting cold, people are bunkering down and looking for something to watch. We have brought our three best winter movies to the table this morning. So we're going to have a bit of a discussion. I'm looking forward to hearing your recommendations, Bryce, because you are a cultured man. A bit of Netflix and chill, you reckon, Tom? In <laughs> these... said net fiddle. <laughs> in, these, in these colder winter months. Yeah. I'm a, I, yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit rattled about this, actually. It's, I, I couldn't. It's hard. It was so simple. All we asked of you was to come with three of your best rec movie recommendations. And just for some insight into the audience, <laughs> I received two texts from Price going, what do you mean? So you just want me to say best movies, best winter movies. Was I just said, look, keep it simple, best movies. And then again, later in the afternoon, our group chat gets another message. This has really shook me. Um, what do you mean by best movies again? Like, is it what do you want from me? Simply your best three movies, okay? Just simple recommendations. Well, that wasn't the way it was worded at the start. You're like, give me, now that it's winter, like what are the best movies to watch when it's cold and you just want to rug up on the couch? And it's like, mm. well, do the, do the <laughs> movies have to be winter themed or is it like, well, you just should have said, give me your three top three movies top of all time. Yeah, yeah, top three. Just couldn't, couldn't get you it in my head. Any three, they just can't be X-rated. So can't be I those don't ones. know what I'm going to come up with, but we'll soon find out. Yes, we're going to dive into Tell Me Bryce up next, though. And uh, oh, a text here, actually, Bryce. Bryce praying for a Crows loss tomorrow after saying they won't make finals for the next five years. Well, you didn't say that. Well, again, that's wrong. Uh, I didn't say that. To clear, clear it up for the, for the, fir the last time, yeah. I'm not going to say this again. They said they would win a flag in the, in the next five years. I declared that they were more likely to not play finals, yes. then they would win a flag in the next five years. So yes. I didn't say that they couldn't make finals this year. You were just comparing the likelihoods or and the for odds. for the next five years. I just said, basically, I don't think they could win a flag in the next five years. I've got a feeling you might end up swallowing that statement. Maybe. And I, and hope. I, I hope I'm proven wrong. Yeah, me too. Uh, Damien Barrett wrote yesterday, this is still part of that text, that the Crows are clearly the fourth best side, which I, I don't mind. If you look at percentages, I, I take a lot from percentage, but Adelaide's percentage is 119%, which is the fourth or fifth percentage uh, best in the comp. So... They're actually tracking okay. Big game for them tomorrow. We've got to get to a break. We are here for Lumo Energy. SENSA Studio Lumo is at number one King William Street and powered by Lumo Energy SA. And City Discount Tyres, four-wheel drive, four -wheel drive <laughs> tyre deals are on now. Mishy Mash. City Discount Tyres. Buy three, get one free on the popular Falcon Wild Peak AT3W All-Terrain Tyre. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Good morning. It's the top of 15 degrees today with some showers and possible thunderstorms scattered about. So some of that real indoor watch the footy kind of weather. 
Sydney lost to Richmond on Thursday night, and it was the Pies, as usual, getting away with a close one over the Doggies um, last night. Bryce, it's time for this. Tell me, Bryce, tell me, sweet little Bryce. Pretty sick of talking about it, to be honest. Tell me, Bryce. Yeah, every now and then we dive into the crevices that are Bryce Gibbs's mind because... I heard during the week, uh, Gary Ablett was on the front bar and he told one of the great stories about his rivalry with uh, Crowley, as a t- Ryan Crowley as a tagger. Um, and I c- thought that the tagging job has really gone by the wayside these days. You don't see many guys get that, and, and I mean the allocated job of tagging someone for an entire match from woe to go and, and sort of sacrificing their own game. You get... The cooler, like a Ben Keys type who might, uh, you know, do a bit of a defensive role, but not a tagger. So first, Bryce, I want you to listen to this story from Gary Ablett, and then I want you to give me some of your insight on the tagging role. I'd love to share a story about Ryan Crowley. Yes, for please. Yes, because please. Um, he, uh, he was a very unique character, a guy that I've got a lot of respect for, but I can still remember the first time we matched on a, uh, up on each other and I can still remember Mark Thompson coming to me during the week and saying, Gary, I think you're going to get Ryan Crowley this week. It's important that you do your homework. So I watched a few hours of tape, figured out his strengths and weaknesses, went into the game. Sure enough, he came to me at the first centre bounce and it would have been about 15 minutes into the first quarter and the, the ball went out of bounds. It was about to get thrown in and in my peripheral, I could see him standing about two or three metres away from me and I thought, OK, this is interesting. Normally he's right up on me, he's hitting me, he's pinching me, doing everything he can to put me off the game. And so I turned and looked at him and he had this big smile on his face and he went on to start telling me that I was the greatest player in the game. It was an honour to play on me. Um, it was an honour you know, to play on you. It was an honour to play on me. There's no way that he's going to be able to keep up with me today. And I thought, this Ryan Crowley, Crowley's not actually too bad. Anyway, we get into the second quarter. It would have been about 15 minutes uh, into there. The ball went out of bounds again. Same thing in my peripheral. I could see him standing about three metres away. And I turned and had a look again. And he had this angry look on his face. And I thought, OK, I don't know what I've done here. And he then went on to tell me I was the biggest cheat in the game. <laughs> Handballs around the back, and <laughs> and I figured out pretty quickly that that was actually a tactic of yeah, his. Yeah. And I think it worked for him that game. We we got beaten and only touched the ball about fifteen times. Fascinating insight there from the little wizard, Gary Ablett. Bryce, uh, do you remember ever getting tagged yourself? Oh, I I got tagged a, a handful of times, Tom. I was <laughs> I was lucky enough to be down second the, fiddle down the order, no, third and fourth. You know, I guess you had Juddy, Chris Judds, the yeah. Mark Murphys. Yeah. Uh, of the world running around. So I I got left alone most of the mm. time, which was nice, Yeah, which was nice. But, uh, yeah, the the full-blown tag, like you said, Tom, the, mm. the uh, Crowleys of the world, the, the Cameron Lings. Um, yeah. Lee, uh, not Liam Baker. What's his name? Baker from St Kilda. Used to uh, terrorise yeah. yep, all Baker. the small forwards. <laughs> yep. uh, did, some, did some run rolls through the midfield at times. It's sort of done, isn't it? Which yeah, is, it is which is done. surprisingly, and and it, it depends. Why is that? Do you reckon that they don't sacrifice a player to, to close out the other team's best? Well, it depends on the coach. Some coaches back their system into mm. you know, if a, a, a player gets off the leash, it's more of a team role and a, and a team responsibility. Some coaches love sending uh, a player just to just to shut him out of the game, mm. but a, a lot with when from memory with taggers. Depends how the game's going as well. It might be a plan to start at the start of the game, but then by half time, depending on where the score is, you might the team that who's doing the tagging might be down. So then 
most of the time they just go, oh, right, release that tag. We, we need to win the game because the game mm. isn't being played on our terms or the game's in our favour. Keep going with it. But uh, you mentioned a cooler, and we are seeing that a lot more these days. And I mean, there's so much happening mm. in a game of, of AFL footy. And when you, you use one of your players to purely focus on someone else on the opposition, the opposition can actually move that player around to manipulate structures and setups yeah, and right. sort of pull you apart a little bit as yep. well. So so it does affect your system, it, doesn't it? It could, yeah. Not all the time, but uh, if, you, if you're smart about it, you, you can certainly mm. put that player in positions to disrupt other things that, that the opposition are doing. Um, so what are, what are some of the dirtiest, uh, you know, old school tactics that you saw in your time? I remember that game between Stevie Baker. He was tagging Steve Johnson. Steve and, uh, yeah, write that one down. Um, he came off with a massive, massive, like he couldn't even see out of his left eye. Those guys were basically having a, a physical altercation for the entire game. Yeah, some, some taggers used to do that. Uh, and you can get away with a lot more back then than you yeah. can in these days. So I remember a couple of games, Stevie Baker, he obviously played on any bets when, when we played him. Yeah. Uh, and I reckon he come off the ground with just bruises all down the back of his tricep. Like, so Stevie be Ooh. just standing behind him, just pinching him, pinching him behind the the back of the arm. And it's, you know, you'd square, yeah. you'd pinch that, that, that tricep. It's quite tender. Yeah. So I remember Eddie coming off just full of bruises on, on both arms. You know, see the old stomping on the foot. Uh, was it was an old dirty oh. tactic that used to happen, um, or if you, you're Chris Judd, you'd do the the pressure point. That, that was one that they would uh, they'd go. Pressure point, times, pressure but, point. Um, yeah, we, yeah, we certainly don't see it. Uh, we don't see those sort of acts anymore. But you still see guys having having roles. It's more of a, an accountable role. So mm. you, you see guys like uh, Scott Pendlebury, even um, Josh Dunkley, uh, Mark mm. Blitzarves. They sort of run more of a a stoppage tag. So if you, yeah. you've got a real dominant clearance player like a Lockie Neal or a Paddy Cripps, you might send someone to them around stoppage and just focus on them not getting the ball and then play footy from the stoppage. So yeah. um, there's sort of those sort of semi-taggers, semi-attention you know, guys yep. you, you would use. But, cooler. And then the cooler, more of your Ben Keys or your um, North Melbourne, uh, Liam Shields used to oh, yeah. used to do it for Hawthorne and North Melbourne. Ed Kerno's another one for for Carlton. If a, if a guy has you know ten fifteen touches in a quarter and is really setting uh, setting the game up for for the opposition, you can send one of those players just to quell his influence for maybe a, a 10, 15 minute period and then get back to, to playing footy. But it's, uh, it doesn't happen too often these days, Tom. No, it doesn't. They always say, though, once you do begin to get, as a player, when you begin to get tagged, it's a sign of respect and shows you're evolving. How hard is it? Uh, I know you only got tagged a handful of times, Bryce. How hard is it to get over getting tagged for the first time? Is it a bit of a shock, like, yeah, it is. to the system? It is, and it is, it is a compliment. It is mm. a, a you know, there's some respect there. The opposition can are obviously seeing you as a, as a threat, which is which is nice. But there's no easy way to, to beat it. It's really it's you just got to run it, work outwork your opponent. Um, mm. And uh, the, the way I sort of looked at it, you you'd start by just going head to head, seeing if you could just beat him purely one on one, because. When you're getting a hard tag, your outside ball, you're not getting as much of the uncontested stuff because you're always got yeah. someone close in your hip pocket. So, you know, it starts in and around the stoppages, um, just trying to, to win those one-on-one contests. Uh, and then 
through work rate, working contest to contest, um, relying on your teammates to put some blocks on here and there to give you some space. Uh, and then if that's not working, it's you got to stop thinking about yourself and how mm. can I help others? So you might go to block for someone else, make two two v ones in and around the stoppages to to release one of your teammates. Um, you know, do a little wing replace. So go stand out oh, yeah. on the wing. You'll drag one with you. The winger can come in as a an extra on baller, and and they can be the hit too. So um, the you know, old wing replace. Yeah, the old wing replace, uh, and, and obviously going to different positions on the ground that the the tagger might not feel as comfortable. So you could go to full forward and make him play against you. Nathan Fife as a, as a famously yep. uh, pulled Kane Corns to full forward and uh, said, "Come with me, old man." Yeah. So there's a few <laughs> tricks you can you can try, but. So sometimes when you're, you're trying too hard to get the ball, when you're, you're being tagged, mm. you, can, uh, you can just run around, feel like you're doing nothing at times. So yeah, it, yep. can be, it can be frustrating, but there's no easy way to work through it. You just got to basically rely on winning your one-on-one contests. Very interesting indeed. That was Tell Me Bryce, the Taggers version. We got to get to the news because straight afterwards, we've got a full wrap on day two of the cricket from Barat, Cinderacen and uh, Adam Collins. It's currently three minutes past nine. And Wild Peak AT3W All-Terrain Tyre. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Yeah, so good to have your company this morning. Uh, Bryce Gibbs and I are flying by the seat of our pants. So thank you for joining us on this journey, Bryce. It was a big day too yesterday. The uh, game is delicately poised with a rating of 45% each Dead even. Both teams have got an equal chance of getting this one. Australia currently uh, four down for 116. Um, Barat Sundarason and the call team with Adam Collins have filed this report at the very end of day two. SEN Test Cricket for Tire Power hitting sixes during the winter sale. Falcon Tires 25% off. Adam Collins brought Sunder Racing on a day where Australia had the chance to drive home the advantage. They had England 7 for 142 at lunch. They did everything right, picking up Root, Bairstow, Moen Alley and Chris Wokes in the first session. The two Yorkshiremen, so important in that equation. But um, they, they took the foot off the pedal, not by choice. Uh, Mark Wood came out swinging, hit 24 runs in eight deliveries after lunch. And that was the catalyst for the Ben Stokes explosion, as we've seen so often in these clashes over the years, hitting 80 in a hurry. Only a deficit of 26, and by the close of play, Australia have lost four wickets, including Labuschagne and Smith in, in the space of a couple of overs late in the day. Barat, uh, it's back in the balance. Ben Stokes was referred to as a nuclear deterrent by an English journalist just now at the press conference, and it must feel like one uh, to Australia. Every time they're in a position you feel where they can really dominate a test match, he's still there. He's still doing Ben Stokes things, and uh, it was another day. Uh, you keep thinking, right, how often can he do this or how many times how many more times is he going to hurt Australia he did it again while hurting himself I think literally every part of his lower half seems to be in pain it was his glute it was his hip we all know about his knee and his hamstring so uh, but once again in that position backs to the wall uh, he finds a way of batting with the tail Andrew McDonald just said uh, they need to find a way to uh, deal with that Uh, you know he has uh, and it's not just mindless slogging Uh, he has a strategy 
He has a tactic and he knows exactly how to go about it. So Cummins takes six, stuck a couple of important wickets. One in the first over that he bowled in the first session, one just before lunch. But that over is, is the starting pistol for 95 runs in 62 balls, which it felt like 10.2 overs that changed the energy of this test match entirely. Just the way that they were able to get the crowd into it as well, which hasn't been anywhere near as much of a factor as we predicted in our preview two days ago because Australia had played such good cricket for the most part. But... Here was where the crowd got involved. Here was where Stokes believed. And they took that through to their bowling innings as well. Yeah, at lunchtime, shoulders were slumped. I mean, even in the media centre when we were jumping into our lunch, uh, it felt like the ashes were lost. And, it, uh, you know, I think England might have felt like that as well. Uh, the last two wickets, Moeen Ali and Chris Wokes falling on the cusp of lunch. I had my eyes on the England dressing room. Of course, that's what I do. I stalk. Joe Root was busy doing a crossword. Yeah, it looked like all was lost. But then, yeah, Mark Wood, like he did with the ball yesterday, uh, comes and just swings his bat, hits 24 of 8 balls. Uh, that gives them that little bit of momentum. And then Ben Stokes, look, the Ben Stokes-Todd Murphy battle was uh, quite, quite something. Baptism by Stokes, I said, when Murphy came on. He should have had him in the first tour a couple of times. Uh, Mitchell Suck nearly got to the catch but couldn't and he hit the next ball straight back at Todd Murphy. It was just in and out at one of those cotton ball chances. Uh, but from that point on, uh, I thought Murphy bowled well but Stokes just got the better of him. He hit him for five sixes uh, and from being around 120 runs away from Australia's first innings target, they got to within 40 runs and then to within 30 runs in that last partnership between Robinson and Stokes. And that's where England clawed their way back. Yeah, in a way, I, I found it. <laughs> I was surprised when Stokes got out for 80. I thought, well, he's going to power home yeah. to 100 here and take them into the black, which would have been truly stunning. But it was that kind of hour of cricket. If you're watching either side of that, you would have thought um, that it was a very different kind of test match. The way that Cummins gets root third ball of the day, I think it was, and um, the way that Stokes was able to remove Bairstow, rubbish shot outside the off stump, wafting at one with no footwork to speak of. Mo and Ali caught in a leg side trap and on the other side of that, broad all over Warner, picks him up for the 17th time in Test cricket. I would um, couch that by saying that two good balls from Broad to really Warner and the one today especially, he had to play out and that'll happen. That's the lot in life of an opening batter. Um, but the uh, Labashane smith double blow, especially with Labashane who got a start. He was on 33 at the time. A premeditated sweep off Mo and Ali and then Mo and Ali powered through to his 200th wicket. So uh, Labashane 199, Steve Smith 200. That, that's Sam from Channel know, 9, by the way. Exactly. Who, 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 who made himself a star earlier today when climbing on the roof behind us here at the Kirkstall Lane end. And um, and who knows how he didn't fall off there doing an interview. Know, exactly. Social media sensation, slamming <laughs> Sam Jordan. Uh, that, uh, all the fun of the fair of being on tour. Um, but no, the, the way in which England were able to take, harness that energy from the crowd and bowl so well. Wokes getting Kawaja as well from his 98th delivery, Kawaja. It, it feels to me like, let's start with Labashade and work through them sequentially. Um, he, he's so frustrated at getting starts and getting out. Well, that's what he's done today. He has, uh, right? In that in innings, uh, again, another opportunity for Australia. Maybe not, they weren't as much on top as they were at lunch break. Uh, but when Kawaja and Manas were batting together. It felt like both had got some rhythm going. But England bowled really well to them. They did not let them break free at all. Mark Wood with the short ball ploy uh, not only is attacking but he's, it's a defensive ploy in terms of not letting Australia score runs. The fields are set in a certain way as well. Uh, and that's what I think led to Manus Labuschagne trying to attack Moin Ali. Uh, played a sweep to a ball. Maybe he would look back at it and say oh, maybe I shouldn't have done
done that uh, and he falls and then Steve Smith playing in his 100 test I mean who would have called for Steve Smith to get out on day one and day two of his 100 test he would have been really disappointed so, so much rest on the shoulders of Mitchell Marsh and Travis Hedder did on afternoon one here they return tomorrow in the lead by 142 runs but truly anything's possible we're now back in the balance Australia have not made the most of it our post game show is for tyre power hitting sixes during the winter sale Falcon tyres 25% off Adam Collins brought Sunday race and we'll see you for the first ball tomorrow. So <laughs> that was a fascinating day's play and day three looks like it's going to be a pivotal day in the scheme of the entire Ashes series. Who would have thought that Manus Labashain and Steve Smith have barely fired a shot in Australia would be so dominant? And still, is that on? Yeah, that's on. Okay, so I must have my <laughs> mic turned on. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, you're spot on, and well, it just shows the the depth of the, mm. the Aussie batting. You, you're, right, you're right, though. If they don't make runs, usually they're struggling. But uh, Travis Head and Mish Marsh, as you uh, called him <laughs> earlier, Tom, Mish uh, stood up in the first innings, and it, it, this first session mm. will be the the pivotal point. If England can get one of these two out, break this partnership, they'll take a firm grip on this on this test. But if the Aussies can just get through to lunch, maybe without a wicket. Uh, it's going to be certainly hard to do, mm. uh, and just keep creeping that uh, that total score up to 200. Uh, we need probably 250 to 300 to, yep. to make a game of it. Um, could go either way here. 300, the magic number. Now, of course, more importantly than the game itself was the geopolitical incident that happened when Johnny Bairstow was stumped by Alex Carey and the sheer hypocrisy of the Poms to even bring up the spirit of cricket when they themselves have done... I mean, Johnny Bairstow targeted a stumping exactly the same just days before within the same test. Uh, Travis Head during the week spoke about uh, the words he had with Johnny Bairstow. Oh, ben was just wanting to find out if it was called over and Johnny wasn't too pleased and I, I sort of reminded Johnny last week I walked out of my crease um, in Edgebaston at the end of it over and the ball got whipped in and I quickly whipped my bat back and questioned Johnny on would you take the stumps and he said bloody oath I would and ran off so I sort of reminded him that remember last week when you said you do the thing exactly the same thing so whether he remembered saying that or not but Two days before, he also tried to throw Manus' stumps down. So in the moment, in the heat of the battle, um, things come out and, and things are played out. Yeah, hypocrisy of the highest order, Bryce Gibbs. And then uh, Brendan McCullum, when we're not going to be having beers with them anytime soon. He soon backpedalled on that one on SENZ during the week. Well, it's a lovely, it's a lovely line for the narrative, isn't it? I think, you know, I think, I mean, in the end, we're all going to sit down and have a beer at the end, aren't we? But it was just a, a little bit of, a little bit of banter at the end. <laughs> So, but the biggest event through this week for mine has been Victoria Bitter's clever marketing campaign to send a slab of warm beers over to the British, bitter English, as we would call them, of English bitter. So I've taken the liberty, Bryce, of creating the new advert for the Hippocritic and Bitter Poms. Have a listen. You can get it whinging about the spirit of cricket. You can get it being a hypocrite, or you can get it talking absolute shit. A long, hard whinge needs a big, warm beer. And the best warm beer is prick, you bitter (laughs) English pricks. Nobody thought the play was dead. You can get it bowling slow, talking to you, Ollie. You can get it leaving your crease for a chatter. 
you can get it holding that giant broomstick up your clucker. <laughs> a long, hard whinge needs a big, warm beer. And the best warm beer is prick, you bitter pommy pricks. <laughs> Tally ho, what about the spirit of cricket? Shut up, you punts. <laughs> there you go. Oh, you, never fail. Do you think that there stands a chance to uh, be made into a TV commercial? It might be our new national anthem for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, quite proud of that one. Hey, Bryce, <laughs> we've got to get to a break because we've got some movie recommendations for wintertime. Coming up next, we're going to be giving you our best movie recos for the winter season. City Discount Tyres. Buy three, get one free on the popular Falcon Wild Peak AT3W All-Terrain Tyre. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Massive show still to come. Matthew Broadbent, Port Adelaide former champion. He'll be joining us for a good old chat about the past, the future and uh, this weekend's game for Port Adelaide against Gold Coast. We've also got a comprehensive, Bryce, comprehensive sports wrap because there's so much going on with the Tour de France and the Ashes. Producer Jace is all over it. The round ahead as well. But right now, Bryce, we were set a task and it's fair to say some of us could understand it better than others. (laughs) (laughs) It was a simple task. It was to come up with three movies for our Gorgeous listeners to watch during the winter because look at the weather outside. We're, we're going to be bogged down inside. Plenty of footy to watch, but if you want to just flick off and enjoy a movie, three movies. But you, for some reason, struggled with this. What was what was the sticking point for you? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, Tom. I, yeah. In in instead of just saying just pick three of your all time favorite movies, yeah. I think it was the way you explained it. It's like, hey, listen, it's you know it's winter and people are sitting on the couch. And, <laughs> You know, give what would they what would they want to watch on TV? You know, yeah. and, I, and then that just I think I got it confused that winter I had to pick a like a couple of winter movies, M- pick movies that yeah. in the movie it's winter. Yeah, that winter tend to be a real focus <laughs> for you. So have you chosen? I'm still rattled. I'm still I, rattled. So yeah, I've, I've never seen Bryce more rattled so than I, this. So I've gone down that path. I've, okay, I've so picked, don't tell me you've chosen Frozen. Or oh, that could, could be on the list. I've been watching Frozen in winter. Okay. Now that it's winter. Yeah. Okay, hit I've us with it, Bryce. Uh, well, first, one of my favourite movies of all time. Yeah. Cool Runnings. Okay. The Jamaican Bob yep. team. We are the Jamaican Bob You seemed thing. a little bit surprised then. I was. I then, am. For a second then, I thought you were about to say I've never seen it. No, no, I've seen it a long, long time ago. It was the early 90s. Just uh, a good cool feel runnings. good. Feel good family, good for the family as Real well. Real good family movie. Yeah. Um, okay. Nice. Yep. Um, I've gone with uh, the Reven- Revenant. Have you seen that? Leonardo, Revenant. Leonardo DiCaprio. Yes. Yes, I know the one. So this is winter themed as well. This is winter themed as well. Yeah. So that was his. I think he got an Oscar finally for he that did one. Win an Oscar for that. Uh, yeah. Now just give us. A, a bit of an idea around the plot for those who haven't seen The Revenant Well, yet. it's based, I think, in the 1800s, and he is exploring uncharted land, uncharted territory, and he gets yeah. attacked by a bear. Tom, yeah. He's Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, and that scene. Glass. In that scene, uh, it's pretty pretty graphic. It's pretty, it's pretty well done. It's pretty uh, well done at... Uh, yeah, it's pretty well done. <laughs> <laughs> on fire so far, uh, so, mate. So hang on. So he's dealing with life-threatening injuries, and then yeah. the bad guy in the movie, Tom Hardy, mm. um, 
kills his son. So, mm. uh, it, uh, spoiler alert. Well, this is just in the you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, bit of a synopsis. Yeah, time, yeah. If, if you if you will. Yeah. Um, and leaves him for dead. So Leonardo DiCaprio obviously fights back from these life threatening injuries that yeah. he's just defeated a bear with his with his bare hands, and then goes off to seek revenge and goes off to seek okay. seek out Chase Tom Hardy. So, um, yeah, it's obviously set in the wilderness uh, in the eighteen hundreds, and it's yeah, it's. It's pretty, when pretty America well. was still sort of colonising yes. itself with the uh, Indigenous people there. So it was when there was a bit of the Cowboys and Indian Wars and it is an action pack. The way it's shot, that movie is incredible. The way the cinematic view where the camera follows them on the horses is uh, brilliant. Good recommendation there, Bryce. Uh, yep. And <laughs> <laughs> let's Bryce go. is rattled for I, some I'm reason. I'm rattled. I'm rattled. Uh, Okay, number three. Um, Rise is number three. Now, nah, let's go. I'll go. I'll go away from the winter theme here. And it's another okay. Leonardo DiCaprio movie. He obviously yep. stars in a lot of them. Inception. You seen Inception? You know what? I watched the first bit of it, and I never got round to finishing it. But this is a um, Christopher Nolan film, the yep. famous director who did The Dark Knight, and he's very good at those mind-bending thrillers. Probably takes you a couple of times to watch it to really yeah. understand what's going in there. So, basically, Leonardo DiCaprio plays a thief, and uh, he enters into people's dreams and steals their secrets from them. Mm. So it sounds a bit all over the shop if you haven't seen it, but it's actually quite a quite a good movie. And um, the, the the impossible task in this movie is to go and plant an idea in right. someone's mind. That's the ultimate. Um, you know the goal. The goal in the movie that that Leonardo has to do, and there's uh, there's someone that's chasing him in people's dreams to to make it hard for him, and okay. a- anticipate his every move. So it's uh, it is a little bit quirky, a little bit left of centre thinking, but yeah, it's uh, it's pretty good. Okay, fair to say, Channel 10's entertainment reporter is not in fear of losing her job. Nah. Bryce has given her, but that, those are thorough recommendations. Now, Inception is by Christopher Nolan, so you can pretty much throw a blanket over all his movies. Uh, he's got another one coming out this year called Oppenheimer, which is a three-and-a-half-hour epic. Okay, Bryce, I've gone a level up for mine. Mine uh, have a couple of grabs. Now, the Kill Bill franchise in general, have you seen them? I reckon I've seen the first couple. How many is there? There's two, so, well, there yeah. There you go. Um, <laughs> but not for a long time. Yeah, it's just... An incredible story. The bride, who's played by Uma Thurman, uh, in number two, picks up where she left off in this quest quest to uh, finish a hit list of people who have done her wrong. And as far as action goes, it's one of the best because of the plot as well. Um, That scene when she wakes up from a coma in hospital and she hides behind a door waiting for this male nurse to come in who he's, you know, one of the bad guys. He's been keeping her captive in this coma and uh, this is what happens when he walks in. She's uh, slamming his head in the door. Where's Bill? Where's Bill? Please stop hitting me. Where's Bill? <laughs> that is brutal. a, yeah, she, she is brutal. Um, good one to watch with, uh, if you've got a teenage daughter, actually, you know, uh, female power actor there. Now, next one, Bryce, is... 
from South Korea. It's called Parasite. Have you heard of this one? Oh, I haven't heard of this. Parasite, this no. one won all the awards because it's about a working class poor family in South Korea. They take up a job doing some work for one of the richest families in town. And it takes all these twists and turns once they decide that they don't want to give up the, that rich lifestyle. So the poor family do anything possible to uh, not to kind of take out this rich family. This is my favourite scene from Parasite. That was a fascinating scene where they... Uh, what happened? Is I don't know, actually. Subtitled? It's, a subtitled <laughs> it's, it's a subtitled movie, so yeah. you've got to be patient for that. But I promise you, you will be rewarded. That's when they're discussing whether or not to uh, uh, take out the mistress who lives in this house. Anyway, final one, Bryce. I'm sure you must have seen this one. It's called American Beauty. Have you seen that? I haven't seen no, American okay. Beauty. This is an all-time classic. Kevin Spacey, who is the lead actor, he's obviously been in a bit of trouble since, but he's a sales sales operative and he's disillusioned with his existence. He's basically having a midlife crisis and he begins to take action. This is, it just gives you a sense of the tone. This is sort of the first scene in the movie. Look at me. F***ing off in the shower. This will be the high point of my day. It's all downhill from here. <laughs> that bit resonate with you, Bryce? It's not a uh, movie based on your life, <laughs> is it? <laughs> I think that's why I connected with it so much. But, hey, we're running over, so there are our movie recommendations. I'm glad that's over. Don't, <laughs> we've put Bryce out of his misery. That was uh, shocking from woe to go. <laughs> Time for a break. Our tyres. Buy three, get one free on the popular Falcon Wild Peak AT3W all-terrain tyre. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Yeah, massive show still to come. We've got Matthew Broadbent joining us to look ahead at Port Adelaide's game and to look back as well, reminisce on, um, unfortunately at the time, Gold Coast's first ever win, which was over Port Adelaide. Um, but up next is question time, and I think Bryce is about to screw me over. So let's get to the news. City Discount Tyres. Buy three, get one free on the popular Falcon Wild Peak AT3W all-terrain tyre. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Good morning. Massive show still to come. It's the top of 15 degrees today with some scattered showers, possible thunderstorms late in the afternoon. It's 9.35. Bryce Gibbs, it's time for this. I asked the Prime Minister, if you are so confident about your view of fight back, why won't you call an early election? The, the answer is, mate, because I want to do slowly. Yeah, it's time for question time, where one of us puts the other under the grill with five specific questions which have not been prepared whatsoever. Bryce, it's your turn to grill me, so fire away. Let's do it, Tom. Uh, first question today, your favourite AFL player growing up? Now, you're a Crows supporter, mm. so I can only assume it would be a Crows player, but it might not be but it might. That's quite loud, but yes, you're right. It, and this is going to sound boring because, but he was the shooting star of the 90s. Of course, it was Tiny Modra 
And I actually have a memory of my, my first ever girlfriend, Bryce. This is not real girlfriend. We were 12 or 11 years old. She came Started up to me. Young, <laughs> real young. That a boy. Um, <laughs> she came up to me in the schoolyard. We were sitting on the logs at Grange Primary School. And she said, because she went for the Crows as well, she said, who's your favourite Crows player? And I said, Tony Modra, who's yours? And she said, me too. And that's the extent of the conversation with my first girlfriend went. All right, um, question two. <coughs> Peter Vardy also. <laughs> Peter Vardy. <laughs> Peter Vardy, I loved him. Yeah. Okay. As it sits right now, can you name who you would pick to be the All-Australian captain? Well, that's a tough one. And... I'd have to say it's a toss-up between... Jordan Dawson would definitely be considered for this, but Marcus Bontempelli might just have him. Any reason why he's just ahead of him? I, I think Gilly, uh, purely because of the process, because he's uh, he's been doing it for longer and he'll be up in their, their view. But Jordan Dawson is a very, very good shout for it. Do you reckon they take that into account, do you? You need to do... Well, sometimes... If, if you're the best captain this year mm. surely you just win it surely you, you, you do have but to have like three year i think sometimes you know like with the brown with the brown low a player will have a breakout year but because he hasn't been well known to the umpires the couple of years beforehand it sort of takes him a, a year or so to cotton on that could be the case with jordan dawson but i hope for for his sake and the crow's sake that he he gets it okay well we'll soon find out won't we? we're only a few weeks away yeah now, Tour de France sort of angle here, Tom. Um, <laughs> no. So if you were in the Tour de France, if you were a cyclist yeah. and you were good at it, what, what, would be, Big ifs. what would be your strength, do you reckon? Do you reckon you would be more of a sprinter, go for you know, the, the green jersey, mm. or you're more of a king of the mountains type operator? Mm. Would you be the, you know, the time trial specialist or, you know, I don't know, the... The guys that look after the pace setter, yeah, the pacemaker in the peloton, you're up the front just doing all the grinding work mm. to give you one of your stars in your team the the leg up. What would be your what would be your your best angle well, in the in the Tour de France? As much as all those labels resonate with me very deeply and remind me of my own cycling career, uh, oh, I mean, God, if I have to pick one, I'm gonna say the pace setter, oh, okay, and that's because. I was always good at starting races and I ran out of petrol tickets really quickly. So is that, is that in any, does that resonate with the pace setter yep, description? Shocking question, shocking answer. <laughs> so we'll, uh, yeah, yeah. I think it's, I you think get what you give Bryce. We'll, uh, we'll move on. <laughs> okay. uh, you, I want you to describe your perfect date night to me. My perfect date night? When was night? the last time you had a date night? We, I reckon, oh God, this is so sad, but my wife, Jess, and I had a date night probably a couple of months ago. Well, this we one's for you, off. Jessica. Uh, yeah. Well, I hope you're not listening because Tom <laughs> might pull this one out next. Yeah. So we, your... look, my, my perfect date night, um, for starters, he would turn up with a flower in his mouth and then we would head off to somewhere seaside, somewhere warm. So let's say Port Douglas. And we would be by the beach. It would be so warm that the water, you could go for a swim if you wanted, and the water would be really warm. Maybe a couple of cocktails. And, uh, you know, my perfect date, uh, of course, my wife, Jessica, you know, maybe we're on our walk home. I, I trip over myself on the footpath, but she chival uh, chivalrously picks me up and cradles me and carries me back to the room like a baby. Wow. It's just a. 
Real love story, <laughs> isn't it? Real love movie. You can make a movie out of that. Let's go deep. <laughs> Producer Jake says we need a therapy session later to unpack that, particularly the uh, being cradled like a baby. I don't know yeah. what that speaks to. Okay, next question, Bryce. Uh, mystery. Yep. Mystery. Righto. If you if you were if you were a fart, oh God, are you kidding me? Would you be loud and proud, or you'd be silent, deadly? Probably be just loud and proud. <laughs> I'm here. I'm a, I've announced myself. Uh, you know, I want it to be known. My God, that that's one of the uh, poorer editions. We've, we've had a shock. <laughs> we've question had a, time. We've had, a dead set we've had look, but, but we're accessing some deeper parts of each yeah. other's uh, personalities today. Hey, Bryce Matthew Broadbent is up next, so we're going to get to a break. It's currently seventeen minutes to ten o'clock. Top of fifteen degrees today. A fair few showers in the afternoon. City Discount Tyres. Buy three, get one free on the popular Falcon Wildpeak AT3W All-Terrain Tyre. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Oh, yes. So good to have your company this morning. It's the top of 15 degrees. Some heavy showers now predicted for later in the afternoon with a possible thunderstorm. Oh, I love this kind of weather, Bryce. Do you just rug up and... uh cuddle up to your pillow when you hear the storms outside. Yeah, it's great. going to be great this afternoon running around at uh, Norlunger Oval. Oh, yes. 100 kilometre uh, kilometer winds and the rain coming in sideways. It's going to be good fun. Yes. Well, speaking of South, we've got one of your friends on the line. It's been, how's this, 12 years since Gold Coast had their first ever win in the AFL. And unfortunately, it was Port Adelaide <laughs> who were on the other side of that on that day in 2011. Uh, so a man who was there and he's uh, been willing enough to talk about it with us as well as a bit of uh, what's going on now and how Port and the Panthers and all things football are going right now. It's Matthew Broadbent. Uh, Matty, are you there with us? Gibbsy, Tommy, thanks for having me. Thanks for joining the show. Um, what are you up to at the moment? Um, just at home, mate. Um, my partner's just got home actually from the shops just in time. Um, she left me here with, with our two 10, 10 month old boys who were screaming and carrying on. And I wasn't <laughs> oh, sure God. if I was going to make it onto the show actually. <laughs> well, let's start with that, Maddie. How mm. is fatherhood treating you? Obviously the, the two twin boys, uh, welcomed into the world earlier this year. How, how's it all going? Yeah, they're going well, mate. Uh, they're travelling really well and um, growing up uh, too fast, as, as you know, Bryce. Um, but really enjoying uh, that that side of, of my life at the moment. Um, yeah, it's it's obviously um, you know life changing thing um, to, to happen. So I'm really loving that that um, part of my life. Now, Maddie, we've been doing this retro thing where when uh, one of Port or the Crows take on a team on the weekend, we have a look back and try and find something of interest. Now, Port Adelaide are taking on Gold Coast tonight and just so happens that Gold Coast recorded their first ever win against you guys back in 2011. Uh, Ablett ran amok. Uh, Westhoff had a shot after the siren but couldn't get it done. What's your memory of that day? <laughs> Yeah, thanks for uh, bringing that one up, Tommy. I was just um, chatting to your producer off air, and uh, he told me to come in and straighten you boys up. Actually, um, but um, we've been bad. Nah, that that was obviously a, a pretty pretty tough day um, all those years ago, but still have a, a few um, memories burnt into the to the to the skull from that one. So I think we were we were um, we might have been six or seven goals up. Um, 
at one point in the game and obviously thinking the game's over. Um, but I remember, I think it was Brandon Matera going down the other end and, and putting them in front in the last quarter and, and thinking, geez, this is, this is not good. Obviously, given the Gold Coast their, their first ever win. Um, and then I think, yeah, the Hoff getting that, obviously the, the shot after the siren to get us out of jail and thinking, beautiful, you know, Justin Westhoff, the Messiah, he's going to, He's going to save us here, and um, big fella couldn't couldn't get it done for us, obviously in the end. But um, you know that was obviously a, a bit of a dark period in in the club's in the club's history. Um, those those couple of years leading on from that. So, but um, I guess those dark times make you appreciate the the good times that then then came from that. And um, you know, 2013, 2014 were probably the most enjoyable times in in my. Um, AFL career when when Kenny came in and, and sort of sorted sorted us out a bit. Yeah, could you even back in those days when Travis spoke and Robbie Gray was sort of making their way onto the scene? Could you in those days foresee uh, how brilliant they would become? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, I think well, in particular, uh, Boki had big offers to, to go back home to Geelong. Um, I'm sure Robbie probably had the same. Um, just with the brilliance that, that that they brought to the game and and the way they prepared themselves, the way they trained, um, and the way they sort of um, wanted to really drive our young group at the time, um, yeah, you could definitely see that they they had something special. Um, and the fact that they actually stuck around and, and wanted to build um, Port Adelaide and, and that group um, with them um, just shows that shows their character, I suppose, and. Um, hopefully for for Boki now, um, you know he can he can get that reward that he really deserves for sticking it out. Well, they're having the year to to have the ultimate success. There's no doubt about that. And just continuing on with the the Gold Coast theme, Brogo, <laughs> I reckon you played against them over in China from memory a couple of times, or or at least once. Um, can you just yeah. run us through what it was like playing over there? It was uh, obviously a, a different time, um, and it wasn't obviously a successful uh, adventure adventure for the, the AFL. But uh, what was it like to play over there? Yeah, that no, was certainly uh, certainly a different um, yeah different thing to, to go through to go over there in the middle of the year, Gibber. Um, I think it was about thirty degrees on both occasions that I played over there and um, that wasn't good for, for my uh, bald head, that's for sure. <laughs> um, um, I got absolutely, yeah, absolutely burnt to a, um, burnt to a crisp. Um, but, you know, I, as a player, I actually, um, actually enjoyed, you know, the, the breakup uh, of the season to get over there and, um, you know, break up the monotony of, of the year. And um, we, Managed to sneak past Hong Kong on the way home um, <laughs> on a couple of occasions for for a couple of nights, which was which was nice as well, I guess, just to break up that monotony of, of the year. And um, yeah, I think we had some pretty good success over there in terms of um, wins in China as well, and, and the way that the club sort of approached um, those games um, with a real real positive attitude of of taking it on over there. So um, yeah, I, I mean probably wasn't a success looking back at it now in terms of the way that things with Australia and China and all that sort of stuff's gone. But, um, you know, yeah, as a player, I certainly didn't mind it. So we played uh, a lot of footy against each other, Brogger, and now 
lucky enough to to call you a teammate. Um, still running around uh, for the Panthers, mate. Uh, how do you go with days like today? It might be a bit doom and gloom down at Norlunga Downs this afternoon, but uh, how's the body? Obviously a big game for us today. How are you feeling? Yeah, no, very excited, mate. It was, it's a bit of a crunch game for us today, isn't it? So um, it's been a strange competition again this year with, I think, what is it, 4th to 7th, or 4th to 10th, sorry, pretty much all gridlocked with two wins between them. So, um, yeah, another big test for for us today down at Norlunga. She's going to be blowing an absolute gale. So um, these are the days we live for, Vet. That's all right. Well, we've plenty of waxing between me and you as per, so look, I'm looking forward to that again. Uh, Absolutely, mate. Uh, our producer, Jace, has just been in my headphone, and we he wants to hear about Sid Draper. What what can you tell us, Matty? Um, Sid the Kid, yeah. So he's burst onto the scene pretty quickly um, as in terms of a, a senior uh, prospect. I'm sure Gibber's had a, a lot more to do with him than, than I certainly have. But um, from what I've seen on the track over the last couple of weeks and from what I've, I've seen in terms of just clips, foot, footage um, from his junior stuff um, in the state teams and, and, you know, juniors at South, geez, he looks like a player um, and an exciting prospect for the future, that's for sure. Um you know, he looks hard at it, skillful, very clean, ground ball. Um, so he's certainly one to watch. I think he was one of the, the better players um, in the, the State 18 comp this year as a as an underage player. So can't wait to, to see what he does on, on debut today. And, um, you know, he's obviously going to have a very uh, very exciting career to, to follow, I think, for any South fan and any South Australian fan. Uh, and just a, a quick one before we let you go, Brogger. Just a, a couple of words on Port and and their season this year. Obviously, I don't think many people thought they'd be you know winning twelve, thirteen games in a row, uh, and another certainly winnable one today against or tonight against the Gold Coast. Uh, how have you seen them go this year? Obviously, Kenny's been under the pump uh, in the last twelve months, but uh, geez, they're really playing for him, and, and it's looking like they'll have no choice but to uh, give him another contract for the next few years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's been really exciting to watch, um, and you know they've put a put a pretty um, pretty good midfield together with with Rosie Butters, um, Armand the Hornet, um, all into that midfield mix. You know, along with Ollie and, and Bokey and some of those experienced guys. You got um, Dan Houston, who's you know starting to get some props, but probably still underrated. Um, so you know they've got. Got some really, really strong players uh, there who are going to be strong for a, for a long period of time. For, for you know any Port fan out there watching, um, you know they've got probably you know seven or eight years of really good footy ahead of them all together now. So that's probably the really exciting part for me now. Um, but in terms of this year, you know, yeah, they've probably jumped up a lot quicker than what what people may have thought. Um, but that presents a really good opportunity for them now. Um, I don't think many other teams are really, you know, setting the world on fire other than obviously Collingwood at the moment. So, again, that, that opportunity is right there for them to take. And, um, yeah, they've obviously just got to keep winning and, and try and get that home final, and that's going to set them up beautifully. So, yeah, really exciting to, to watch the, what happens in the next couple of months. 
Indeed. Uh, Brogger, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, not the most exciting game to reminisce on Gold Coast's first win, but it's just <laughs> where it fell for this weekend. Uh, fascinating insight. Thank you for uh, telling us how it's all going for you. And I'm sure you'll become a friend of the show now and we'll have you on again. Cheers, lads. Thank you very much. We'll, uh, see you soon, Gibber. See you soon, Matt. <laughs> Matthew Broadbent right there. Bryce, uh, so you've been mentoring young Draper, have you? And seeing how his progress has gone? He's been mentoring me, Tommy. Really? No, he's, uh, <laughs> he's been obviously playing in the under-18s, so I haven't had a whole lot to do with him uh, because obviously we play mm. and train on different nights. But, uh, yeah, he's been just super impressive, the way his development's come over the last couple of years. Uh, he's an underage player, so he's playing as a – he only just turned 17 uh, – during right. the week. So um, he's an underage player playing in the under 18 state champions and he's yep. been best on, I think, in just about every game for, for South Australia. Wow. So he's uh, he's still growing, still growing into his body. He's young, He's the younger brother of Arlo, Arlo. Draper, who, okay. who got picked up uh, a couple of years ago to Collingwood. Um, so, yeah, Sid, I mean, if he keeps growing, he's just a, a powerful, powerful player. He's yep. got that um contested ball ability and then to break out a stoppage with his legs. He's, he's fearless. He, you just know what you're going to get with him. He, he works hard uh, and he can break the line. So um, he'll play a bit of a, a forward mid role today. Um, he won't be overawed by the occasion you know, coming up from under 18 straight into to the league side. He'll, uh, he'll throw his weight around, have a crack and he's got a, an unbelievable big future ahead of him. Wow. So, Exciting for um, South Australian draft hopefuls to see um, him coming through. Is he eligible this year or next year? He's eligible next year. Next so year, he's, right. He's still got the rest of this year. And uh, I mean, if the way he's going, he'll probably play a full season of senior footy uh, next yeah. year before uh, before he gets drafted. Very exciting. Sounds like he's going to be a, a shoe-in for a top 10 prospect. Sid Draper, keep an eye out for that name. It's 10 o'clock, Bryce. So we're going to get to the news and then we're going to wrap around the whole world of sport up next. City Discount Tyres. Buy three, get one free on the popular Falcon Wild Peak AT3W All-Terrain Tyre. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Yes, good morning. Top of 15 degrees today. Some showers and possible thunderstorms late in the afternoon. Still Adelaide v Essendon. The big preview of that one to come as well as Port Adelaide, Gold Coast. We're going to preview that game. But right now, producer Jace has stepped into the studio for a, a bit of this. This Saturday scoreboard. Yes. Thanks for having me, boys. Thank you for joining. What was morning. that? Morning, I, we, Bryce and I uh, are off. You off guys the are rails. most today. We're I've just no, I've the most just, underprepared we've ever been. I've but just, I've just noticed he's he's running this moustache, this, this red moustache, Tom, at the moment. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, it's a ranger moustache. Interesting. Yeah, uh, I loved your movie segment before, boys. Um, Thank you. You, Bryce, you mentioned oh. Cool Runnings. Yeah. Um, yep. One of my favourite movies. Good it's to watch a on a cool day, but. Um, uh, one of my from the same sort of stable, Uncle Buck. Check that one Uncle out. Uncle Buck, okay, John Candy. That. Yeah. that was my nickname for John Candy. Yes, apparently or Uncle I've Buck. Got, Uncle Buck. Right. Apparently, I've got the John Candy resemblance. You, you actually do resemble John Candy. I, I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, but 
We're I going with it. Bryce, we're Planes, trains, and automobiles. Get a side-by-side photo. You, John Candy, he also starred in Home Home Alone. He did. Uh, no, was he? Yes, he was yeah. in Home Alone. You're right. Home Alone 2. That's one right. Of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, we'll move on from the movies. But uh, <laughs> the one I was going to bring up yeah. was you, you mentioned in this somewhere in there about uh, The Dark Knight. Yes. Now, that Christian Bale trilogy yep. with Batman Perfect one to watch with a bit of popcorn on a cold day. Yes, yes. They are all excellent movies. Get around that. Christopher Nolan. Anyway, I'm here to talk sports. So uh, last night, it was a feast of it. There was Mm. nowhere else to be but in front of the TV watching sport. Uh, The Ashes, 4 for 116. We are at Stumps. Uh, I think the Ashes series could be won or lost tonight. Whether you're Australian or Pom. That important today. uh, It's that important, the tonight's um, third day. That mm. uh, if the Aussies go on and, and dominate the day's play, then I find it hard for them to lose. If the Poms win, they win tonight. Simple as that. So um, keep an eye on that. Massive day of play up ahead. Yes, last night also, if you weren't watching that, you were watching Collingwood beating the Western Bulldogs by 12 points. You've already covered that. Maybe you're a tennis fan and you were watching Wimbledon. Uh, there's plenty of that going on at the moment. It wasn't yep. a great night for the Aussies. Demonor out in straight sets, so he's gone. Ah. Uh, Chris O'Connell, though, did have a win. You might not have heard of Chris. He's now worked his way up to uh, 74th in the world. He's a 29-year-old journeyman, so we're wishing him well. Okay. Uh, round three, he got through is he in an straight Aussie? sets. He is an Aussie. Right. Um, and if you're a POM, well, Andy Murray, he went down in five <laughs> sets. So You're right. They're just not having a good time of it at the moment, the POMs, no, are they? No, they're not. And as... Per their image, they're whinging about it too. Uh, Tour de France, we had uh, a man in the gold jacket there for a while, or whatever, gold jacket, gold jersey, gold jersey, um, whatever it is. I'm not a gold jacket, gold jacket, green jacket. Yeah, (laughs) who gives a the jersey? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, something like that. Uh, Jai Hindley was his name, but he's Mm. now back down to third. Uh, Interestingly enough, though, round stage seven was last night, and Mark Cavendish, the pom, Mm. was just pipped on the line. (sighs) In stage seven. Bit of a a theme going on here, Joe. Something's going on here. Uh, They're a bit bitter, the Poms. Can I ask you to play that one more time before I leave? Yeah, so a bit of uh, context. Vic Bitter have sent a case of warm beer over to the Poms uh, because of how bitter they are. And uh, so last night I stepped up and uh, creatively made what could possibly be their ad for Vic Bitter for their bitter English version. You can get it whinging about the spirit of cricket. You can get it being a hypocrite. Or you can get it talking absolute shit. A long hard whinge needs a big warm beer. And the best warm beer is prick. You bitter English pricks. Nobody thought the play was dead. You can get it bowling slow. Talking to you, Ollie. You can get it leaving your crease for a chatter. You can get it holding that giant broomstick up your clacker. A long hard whinge needs a big warm beer. And the best warm beer is prick. You bitter pommy pricks. Tally ho, what about the spirit of cricket? Shut up, you punts. I love it, I love it, I love it. Uh, Yeah, you can get it crashing out of the Tour de France or Wimbledon or... Being rubbish at cricket. Good stuff, Tommy. Well played. Uh, thank you, producer Jace. Is Good that luck a wrap? to the Thunderbirds, too. Good luck um, to the Thunderbirds. Yeah, yep. grand final tonight against the Sydney Swifts at John Kane Arena. That's it for me. Okay, it's eight minutes past ten. We're going to uh, preview the Crows game against 
Essendon up next. We're coming to you from SENSA Studio Lumo at number one. King William Street is powered by Lumo Energy SA. And City Discount Tyres, four-wheel drive tyre deals are on now. City Discount Tyres. Buy three, get one free on the popular Falcon Wild Peak AT3W all-terrain tyre. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Oh, we've been having a jolly old time this morning. Uh, plenty still to cover. We need to preview these games between uh, Adelaide and Essendon, Port Adelaide and the Gold Coast. Bryce, there's a text here. We were talking about taggers earlier on in the show and the art form of tagging. It's sort of not in vogue anymore. Uh, Brett has written, Kane Corns was the best tagger I've ever seen. Not only did he shut down some of the game's greatest ever players like Simon Black, Chris Judd, uh, Robert Harvey, but he had he accumulated some damaging possessions. Okay. Uh, very understated t- Kane Corns. Well, he's almost performing a tagging role now in the media, just um, playing some close checking on a few, uh, few people. No doubt about that. <laughs> Tom, he, uh, yeah, he did. He, Kane was probably one of those, the first of the taggers to start mm. working off their opponent and, and yeah. start winning your own ball to, to hurt the the bloke you were tagging. There's, uh, he sort of was one of the originals to do that, I reckon. Yeah, he was. He crossed every T and dotted every I. He did Kane Corns. But now on to uh, Essendon v Adelaide at Marvel Stadium, 2.50 tomorrow. So you can hear it on the SCN app on, uh, is it on Crows Nation, Jace? Yep, Crows Nation. Uh, you'll hear the call. Bryce, it's being played at Marvel. Now they say this is a bit of a ping pong kind of stadium under the roof. How, how do you think that'll affect the way this game looks? Could it be a shootout? It possibly could, and I reckon this is going to be the game of the round, Tom, I reckon, just with what's at stake in terms of finals and and trying to hang around to to pinch that seventh or eighth spot on the ladder. It's Uh, massive. It is massive, and and you're right. Under the roof, be perfect conditions. Both sides can score heavily, Uh, so it'll just be – I think it'll come down to how well each team can really defend. Okay. Uh, ben Keys, I think, come out during the week and said they're scoring lots, but they're yep. also conceding a high score as well. Um, might not have been Ben, ben Keys, but don't quote me to that. Mm. But someone said it during the week anyway. And, I mean, Adelaide's record, we know, interstate is uh, is pretty average. Uh, and it's just that's what's happened in, in the last five weeks. You know, they beat Brisbane at home, lose to the Suns away, um, mm. smack up West Coast at home, lose to Collingwood away. Uh, beat North Melbourne at home. They play Essendon away, who, uh, who are probably not playing as well as footy than they were at the start of the year. Mm. But, um, you know, to only just go down to a, a red-hot Port Adelaide last week at the MCG, their form's still still good, and they certainly play Marvel Stadium really well as well. Yeah, the Crows do pride themselves on being able to defend well, so I'm sure that's going to be a massive focus them tomorrow, particularly because the, the attack is already there to do its job, but they'll want to keep Essendon to a low score, obviously. One thing I'm looking forward to, uh, the young guys could have a massive say from either side. So for Adelaide, you've got Rochelle, Rankin, Philthorpe, um, you know, Fogarty, Max Michelaney, these sort of types, Worrell. And then for Essendon, you've also got some incredible young players in Nick Martin, um, Jordan Ridley, is he young still? Jai Coldwell, 
you know, Sam Durham. There's some good young crops on either side. Archie Perkins. So I, I think whichever group of those youngsters can really step up is going to have a big say. Yeah, it's going to be a, a great midfield battle. Both mm. teams bat pretty deep there. Are you worried about uh, Adelaide's defence, Tom? I know we, mm. we say it every every week, but <laughs> they they continue just to, to get it done. These yeah, these Adelaide defenders who aren't you know the, the biggest names in the game, they just go about their business. Obviously, uh, um, Jordan Butts out mm. with uh, with concussion, I think it is. Yep. So yeah, it is. Um, they haven't sort of replaced him like for like, have they? So no. They they go in a little bit. Undersized. We know Mitch Hinge plays a little bit taller at times. Uh, Josh Worrell's going to have to play taller. Uh, Brody Smith uh, can play a little bit taller uh, than his height as well. But, um, I mean, two-metre Peter, he mm. hasn't been in the best form um, since coming back from injury. But uh, you, you're going to have to try and quell his influence. And when you're an undersized defence, that can be hard to do. Yeah, it's going to be interesting who gets what matchup. Nick Murray has uh, burst into the stratosphere this year with his game. So no doubt he'll nail down whoever he's on. So we've got the tall forwards for uh, Essendon. Peter, two-metre Peter and Sam Wiedemann. So probably Nick Murray and Josh Worrell have got those ones. And then do you think Tom? Uh, sorry, do you think Mitch Hinge may be taking over Tom Dode's kind of intercepting role and a bit of run out out of half back? Yeah, he can certainly do that. Josh Worrell's the the interceptor for mine in that in that yeah. back six. He, he's shown he can do that uh, and and do it well. So he'll be looking to come off his direct opponent when required to to help. If it is Nick Murray playing on on uh, two metre Peter, so. Um, Mix McElhaney, just Mix. Mix. <laughs> I've done your Max Marsh uh, no, Ma- comment from Mishy before. Marsh. Yeah, so how's Mix going to play? Apologies <laughs> to uh, to Max uh, McElhaney. So he'll he'll just get his job done again, like yeah. he has done each and every week. So um, yeah, we'll we'll just have to uh, maybe Chase Jones folds back in that that back yeah. rotation to, to give a run, bit of run and ping off off the half back line, try and break some break some lines, but. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting yep. to see how, the, how it all plays out. Yeah. Uh, Parrish and Merritt, I reckon, are, are going to be a big source for Essendon. As, uh, Crows have got to somehow stop them getting first use of the ball every single time because they uh, they are incredible inside players. Um, Bryce, who's your tip and how much? Oh, I, I'm going to tip Adelaide. I, I'm mm. petrified of their, their away record, and I always said that – I can't tip them away because I don't trust them. But mm. I think this this game's certainly winnable at Marvel Stadium. Going to be tough. It's going to mm. be uh, a, a high flowing um, shootout game. What we think, Tom. But just with the ramifications at the end of this game, mm. I think whoever loses will or won't make finals this year. Huge ramifications on this one. I think Adelaide will be setting themselves like it's a prelim final, like uh, really, like how they set themselves for that Carlton game. Um, so it'll be interesting to see tomorrow. You can hear it on uh, at the SEN app, Crows Nation. Now, Port V Gold Coast, that's 7.10 p.m. tonight. Junior Rioli comes back. Lockie Jones and Sam Hayes is being given a go in the ruck. Uh, Ken Hinckley spoke about Sam Hayes uh, during the week and him having his turn. Oh, I think um, Sam's been playing at a um, really high level, still at Sanford level, and 
you know, I think we think he needs um, the best equipped of our rucks this week that are available to uh, go up against a really strong competitor in, in wits. So that's why we've got great faith in Sam. And he's, what I've loved is he's worked really hard every game to try and get himself back to this opportunity and he's worked, worked to deserve the opportunity. Now, the jury's still out on Sam Hayes and whether he could be an AFL ruckman. So this is a huge opportunity for him to make a point and say, hey, I'm, I'm going to make it. And, and not the easiest of tasks, too, coming up against uh, Big Witsy, Big mm. Jared Wits, who we know is, uh, is a pretty good ruckman in his own right, uh, gets plenty of hit-outs. And Took Miller comes in for Massive the Suns, who was a, a great in. Obviously, he's a, a fitness fanatic. He's, he's ripped to shreds. So I don't think fitness for him will be an issue after missing mm. a fair chunk of footy. But it, still, it does still take a couple of games just to you know, get used to that game-like intensity again mm. that you just can't train for. And, and he might be a little bit rusty as well with his skills. But he, uh, a Gold Coast Sun side with Took Miller in it, even if he's not at 100% just yet, is still uh, still better than not. And he plays with heart. And that's sort leadership. of what... Brings some leadership. Yeah, leadership. Absolutely. And it's what the Suns are needing at the moment. Someone uh, who really wears his heart on the sleeve for the club. He's fully, fully committed to the Gold Coast. Brings that leadership. So they're going to be better off uh, having him in the side. Um hate to say it, but because this media narrative tends to carry on here, this is possibly Stuart Jew's job on the line here. Should they lose very badly, if they lose like they did to Collingwood last week, um, that talk about his, his role as coach is just going to um, ramp right up next week. Yeah, potentially, potentially. And they do face a massive task coming over here to Adelaide Oval mm. to try and knock off. Uh, you know, arguably the, the most informed side uh, outside of Collingwood. They are the most informed mm. side outside of Collingwood in the AFL at the moment. So it's going to be a, a very tough task. We, we understand that. But um, they, they can still be competitive in this, yep. the Gold Coast Suns. Yep. There's no doubt about this. They've got plenty of talent, still got a Particularly pretty good through system. The midfield. Yep, and they've shown that they can beat um, quality sides this year. They only beat Adelaide only a couple of weeks ago, who, uh, who were mm. tough to beat as well. So uh, you would think it would be a pretty straightforward uh, task for Port Adelaide. But, um, yeah, if, if they do get beaten badly, Tom, that, that speculation about, about Jew's contract and, and future obviously will continue to grow. Yeah, it's, uh, let's hope it's going to be a closer one. So no one likes to see a blowout, particularly on Saturday night television. Port, I mean, Bryce, <laughs> what's your tip? Is your name Port? Maybe. <laughs> Today uh, it is. You have to tip Port at yeah. home. There's no doubt about that. Uh, in Charlie Dixon's 200th game uh, yeah. and Jeremy Finlayson's 100th game. So a couple of milestones there for their tall timber up forward. Uh, and you'd think whether the, the rain holds off or not tonight, they should be getting it done comfortably. Righto. Well, it's currently 24 minutes past 10. We've got to get to a break, Bryce, and our tips for the rest of the round are up next. City Discount Tyres. Buy three, get one free on the popular Falcon Wild Peak AT3W All-Terrain Tyre. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Yes, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a fun one. Top of 15 degrees and some showers later on. Bryce, later on today, South, who is South taking on? We're taking on the North Adelaide Roosters, Tom. Right, and how are you feeling about things? Well, it's a big game. Yeah. It's a big game in the context of your season. In the context, of, context season. of our season. 
uh, we just need to keep winning. And they're in form. They beat the Crows last week. Yep. So um, we get a little advantage of playing at down home. at Norlunga. So hopefully we can start well and get another win on the board. Yeah, well, it's going to be uh, interesting conditions, uh, to say the least. Hopefully it's not too windy for you. A couple of tips for the rest of the round. The Lions are taking on the West Coast Eagles. I'm just going to assume you tip the Lions there. You can actually... They're unbackable. You can't back the lines anymore because there's no odds for it. Yeah, it could be another 100-plus loss to the West Coast Eagles, unfortunately, Tom. Yep. The Giants taking on Hawthorne at Giants Stadium. The Giants. Yep. For me. Fair enough. St Kilda taking on Melbourne at Marvel. Oh, I think St Kilda can win really? this Really? Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be one of those rounds, I reckon. I, I tipped the Bulldogs last night yeah. as well. You know, Halfway through the first quarter or second quarter, it was 20-odd points. And I thought, yep, I've nailed mm. this. Nailed it. No. Collingwood, too good. Come back. But I, I'm going to tip uh, St Kilda. Yeah, Melbourne are a little bit of a worry at the moment. They're, they haven't had the best of form lines. I think so they're, they're going to put their stamp on this one, Melbourne, and make a statement. Port Adelaide taking on the Suns this evening. We've gone Port Adelaide there. Cats taking on North Melbourne. GMHBA, G Bryce, who's going to win that one? Uh, the Cats. Yep. Interesting game of the round. Obviously, Adelaide v Essendon is a cracker. Collingwood taking on Carlton. Collingwood taking on Carlton. I mean, sorry, Fremantle taking on Carlton. I am going to go <laughs> against the grain. Uh, they've been horrible in the last couple of months, but I'm going to back the Blues to beat West, uh, West Coast. God, hey, we, we've had a shock. We today. have we've, been on absolute we've, fire. We've been off today. We're just going to put this one in into a little box and sail it over the horizon. Carlton to beat uh, Fremantle <laughs> over in the West. Okay, that's it for today. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back with you next week for an even better time. Have a great weekend.